One of the earliest computers I had as a kid was an 8-bit system that I learned to program on and play some pretty neat games. In this episode of Retrodux, I'm going to be talking about the Commodore 64, or better known as the C64. The C64 really got a start when founder Jack Tremell and Chuck Peddle, who told Jack that calculators were going out and that he really needed to start investing in home computers, and soon Commodore International was born. The very first computer Commodore ever made was a prototype single-board computer that Chuck Peddle had created that he called the Commodore Pet, and it was then that Commodore went from selling calculators to becoming a company that sold home computers. In January of 1981, MOS Technology, a subsidiary of Commodore, started creating the video and graphics chips for the next-gen console, and by November of that year, MOS had completed both the VIC-2, or Visual Integrated Circuit, and the SID, or the Sound Integrated Device, with Commodore soon to come out with the Commodore Max, which used both the SID and the VIC chips. However, it was soon cancelled after they had just manufactured a few machines. However, Robert Russell, systems programmer for the VIC-20, and Robert and Robert Yanes, engineer of the SID, along with Al Al Sharpeter, who was the engineer of the Vic Two, and Charles Winterbright, who was the current manager of MOS, proposed a new idea to Jack, and that was a low-cost sequel to the Vic Twenty, that at 64K RAM, with the code name of Vic Forty, with it later being called the C64 or Commodore 64 and released at the 1982 Consumer Electronics Show. The reception for the C64 was met with success, as well with a 1983 copy of Byte magazine saying the, six, the 64 retails for $5.95. At that price, it promises to be one of the hottest contenders in the under $1,000 personal computer market. It described the SID as a true music synthesizer. The quality of the sound has to be heard to be believed, with few minor criticisms after that, realizing that most home users would be using prepackaged software. However, soon Commodore would be thrown into the market wars with other low-cost home computers at the time. However, it would soon win due to lower price and more flexible software. The C64 family is massive, starting out with the Commodore Max in 1982. However, it was soon discontinued due to low sales for it in Japan. Seeing a need to try and beat out the Apple II computer line in the education market, Commodore released the Educator 64. Schools liked the way it looked, but still preferred the Apple IIe due to the fact that it had larger supply of software and hardware. Commodore then went on to try to get a foothold on the portable computer market as well with the SX-64, a machine that was noted as being the first full-color portable computer. In 1985, Fred Bowen and Bill Hurd wanted to try and fix an issue with the current system that was out and still build upon the C-64 while avoiding the issue at the same time, and thus was born the Commodore C-128 and 128D. However, management still wanted to have an act like a C-64, so in a bit of malicious compliance, they added a C-64 mode. Still keeping with the original design of the C64, but this time adding a third I.O. chip, the Commander 64C was released in 1986. It still was the same thing as the C64, but it was redesigned to have a more wedge shape. 
Nostalgia soon brought out clones to help bring it back into the minds of those young and old. Starting with a 64 Direct-to-TV, a joystick all-in-one plug-and-play unit that you could plug directly into your television in 2004 and was soon found in Radio Shack in 2005. But the two most well-known clones, or rather emulators, that came out were the C64 Mini, a nice little all-in-one plug-and-play unit shaped like an actual 64 keyboard that had a nice little section of collection of games and had the ability to add games using a flash drive and it came with two joysticks and then the C64 similar to the Mini but this time it was a bit bigger and had an upgraded keyboard, more USB ports and a functional keyboard and along with a VIC-20 emulator. In the 90s more and more game consoles were coming out so not to be outdone by that Commodore tried to gain a foothold in that market as well with the Commodore game system. Now remember mostly playing the games that I had for the C64 and there are so many to choose from so here are just a few of my favorites. Jumpman, Impossible Mission, Forbidden Forest, and Mule. And now for my final thoughts on the C64. It's a system I will always remember fondly. The system I first learned to program on and it is the first system I had before I even had an NES at the time. If you had a C64, let me know in the comments. I'm Paul saying peace out and stay frosty.